This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Josh, Tiana, Fallon Gore, Spike, Chris, Logan, Punching Potato, and Jen Solo. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, onto the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Elder episode of Inspiration Point. I am Andrew. And I'm Adam. How is your evening going? It's going going really well. I got back to school today and had a great day of teaching. And I felt like uh, everything was kind of landing. Felt good energy for the most part. That's good. Yeah. So a real positive. Although I did send one kid out into the hall and then forgot about him. <laughs> so that was kind of too bad. Um, like I, met, I I wanted to send him out for like five minutes because he was making like inappropriate stuff. And so I was just going to send him out for five minutes. Anyway, class ended 20 minutes later and then he came back in to get his stuff. I was like, oh, well, that hey, that'll teach buddy. you. <laughs> Now you just remember that for next time. I'm just impressed he actually did it. He actually stood out there the whole time instead of peeking in and being like, can I come in? <laughs> so I got to give him some credit on that. You know, oh God, you're still, you're still there. Oh, so that's not too bad. Uh, the world of D and D has been going really well. And uh, I got to show you pictures of my new classroom. My, uh, one of my coworkers, she, uh, just had her third child and she decided at that point that it was time to call it quits and to change Mm. her career to full-time mother. Good. Good on her. Yeah. Good on her. And so, which is is on the one hand sad because she's great, but anyway, so I'm spending half my time in her room now, which gets me out of the computer lab and into like a normal classroom. And so I've set up the tables at five students per little pod. And there's one desk on the end of four others facing each other and laying in the middle of their little pods are, uh, one of AJ Pickett's, um, uh, battle mats, uh, the silicone battle mats, uh, from big pockets. And then a few baggies of dice right in the center of that. And a GM screen. And, uh, that's a pretty nice little step. So the kids walk in and it was great to hear their reactions. I'm go, Oh my goodness. This is what I've been waiting for, you know? And, uh, you know, I've got some music playing, you know, it's like, like we're getting the vibe check, like for real. Nice. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's cool. So you, you have another, uh, is this another batch of like fresh no this is the first time i get to do advanced so these are like the few the proud these are the ones that like want it that like want to be there so there's like there's like only 20 of them and it's like beautiful 
Oh my goodness, man! Yeah, that's, yeah. that's gonna be like uh, when when I was in high school. Uh, you know they they always have like the you know the the intro and the beginner ish uh, art classes and stuff. You know, like painting, drawing, like you know the basics. And then there was always advanced. But then after advanced, if you were really into it, there was studio art where you basically got to you went in and you picked a theme for the entire year because it's a year long class. And essentially, if you were doing 2D art, you would do basically two pieces per quarter at least. And then at the end of the year, everybody would have uh, like the whole class would have an art show at the school, like after hours and everybody would come. I, I think some people were, I forget if we were able to sell the pieces or not. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, basically the class of it was really, there really wasn't any, everyone in the class was like yeah. serious about what they were doing. And that, that's so the, the joy of that kind of thing for guidance. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was so exactly. cool. Like you went in, you knew what you were doing and yeah. you just kind of guided your own time and was like, all right, I'm just going to come up with something cool and do it. And if I need help, I'll ask the teacher. Other than that, it's just, go yeah and i i uh love to have something like that and it's not often you get to because of how like school credits work right and like they're How's required that? to have like so much like math and science and stuff oh yeah so they might not get to see you for for as often as probably they should mm. and then they can always do things like take ta positions which is like kind of just an easy way out um you know but anyway it is so great when you get those those special classes where the kids are happy the teacher's happy you're just listening to music and like either painting or or creating or you know just doing whatever is both productive but everyone considers like a great time yeah that's a that's a beautiful thing. You know, one of these days I want to have like mini painting or something and like just have a room full of people painting minis or something like I don't know how I don't know how we'd pay for that. But that'd be awesome. Like maybe if we got our own 3D printer, it'd be fine. Right. Oh, sure. Then it could probably be pretty great, actually. Um, I can just I don't There's a lot of possibilities here and we're, we're making like the world a better place. You know what I'm saying? And I totally plugged yeah. the show, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah right on what it, what do they say uh he's talking about his show again <laughs> now like uh, a lot of them have heard at least a couple of episodes i mean they're high schoolers so it's not like many of them are like really excited about podcasts but oh man we gotta figure out how to start catering to <laughs> the youth of today i think if we make this show two minutes long they're in um <laughs> Uh, that's and one of with the, all that stuff said, uh, thank you all for listening. <laughs> right, um, that's that's right. Stay yeah, inspired, boys. Th- thanks for staying for another 
you know, seven minutes. Yes. Very um, good. You know, uh, I try to encourage them. Uh, hey, you're doing chores around the house. Pop us on, you know, listen. I don't, I don't expect them to sit there and take studious notes. Although I do offer extra credit for doing that. <laughs> good. Good. So I wish more of them would take advantage of that. But a lot of times they do come in and comment on stuff that we've talked about or, or whatever, which is kind of cool. It's, it's kind of fun. Have you had, have you had any particular, uh, ones that where, you know, it feels like, um, like a lot of the students have listened to, like, do they, is there a certain episode that tends to come up or a certain topic or things like that? You know, do the dumb thing is always a big favorite. Right. Um, One Uh. was really excited about world building that we did really recently. Oh yeah. Those Um, are our, our, our uh, most recent two episodes. There's some that relate more directly to like lessons that I do. Uh, sure. So when we talk about like story arcs or, you know, uh, session zero stuff, you know, that's mm. sometimes that can that can draw some eyes. We'll see. Uh, based on your intro today, I'm guessing we're talking a little bit about Elden Ring. Um, yes. So maybe that will yes. do it. We haven't talked about a video game exclusively in a while. I think the last time was Cyberpunk. You're correct. And that that's what I was thinking, too. I was thinking today. Like, you know, what, what has been on my mind recently? There's only one thing that's been on our minds. Right. And, (laughs) and for me, like I, you know, I, my brain tends to just kind of sort of stay at least vaguely in the, in the RPG space, whether I'm, I'm writing or I'm playing or whatever. Um, but you know, I was having trouble coming up with a topic today. I was thinking about it all day and I like, I just, I couldn't land on something that was like, well, inspiring me. What was um, you, were you a little distracted by something possibly? <laughs> I, a bit, I guess like yeah. this. So I, I guess, you know, I know this is this is going to bum out a lot of people because I, you know, we have gotten so good at introing for upwards of like half an hour that (laughs) I know people are going to be disappointed that we're not going to just be. There's a lot to say rambling for for another 20 minutes. But, yeah, I I want to jump in and do, you know, an honest to goodness inspiration point video game review of Elden ring oh yeah and before before we jump in i i do want to say you know i i will try or we'll try to keep things spoiler light um at least plot wise but that should be pretty easy because (laughs) we have hardly any idea what's the plot's frankly the least interesting part about it so it's um, not that it's bad per se it's just not really the selling point i'd say right um but we will probably be talking about various monsters and stuff so you know take that with a grain of salt um but we're just going to give you our impressions and uh 
you know, just let us uh, wax poetic about uh, this game that has uh, captured our minds and hearts. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, why don't, why don't we, I was thinking we break it down into basically three categories. Okay. Stuff, stuff we don't like stuff we do like yeah. and stuff we feel could be adaptable to pen and paper RPGs. Yeah. Okay. I like that third topic, especially And you know, I just want to make sure that we keep in mind to keep it relevant to people that aren't playing it. So, because I think yeah. there's a lot of great stuff in this title that can relate to how we view games and game design. Yes, I think so too. Um, so, you know, I, this will let us kind of fan out a little bit and, you know, just, uh, Glintstone arc out a little bit. Yeah. 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 Glintstone arc, if you will. So why don't we start with you? What are some things that you don't like? And I am going to restrain my, (laughs) my instinct to, to counter your complaining because when I'm just going to let you go. the, The thing about Andrew that everyone needs to understand if they don't know him is that if Andrew likes a thing, and then you you say anything that's not glowing about it. He's got to come at you. He's got to, like, argue. I and, don't know what that is. Yeah, <laughs> like, but I, you recognize that, right? You know? Oh, it's totally a thing. It's to- And I don't know how to escape it. I, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> and I... For that, I'm sorry. You can give the most glowing review of something. And then, but if you add one, but at the end, he's like, hold up. And then hold up. (laughs) Here comes some paragraphs. Um, So I will say, first of all, that for the, while there may be some things I don't like about it, I think it's phenomenal. And I, and I wouldn't say any of this stuff brings the rating down for me in a real way, because I feel like the game is offering me something different and i respect that yes and because like you know i like to watch wisecrack every now and then and they have a a sub topic called uh deep or dumb like one of their shows they do and they analyze like a film and talk about whether or not what it's doing is deep or actually kind of dumb in other words Mm. it seems meaningful but it's actually kind of like either wrong or shallow and Mm. and i love that because when i look at elden ring i go man, this is a risk. This is someone who is, this is a studio that's going, we're going to attempt deep. And I think they actually do nail it. Yes. Whereas we've seen some attempts in the past of achieving that or worse off, we actually see a lot of non attempts to achieve that. Um, Mm. Even avoidance of it. Yeah. Um, You you know, before, before we get too far, I, I do want to piggyback on, something you you just mentioned and that was how you respect the game and the developers and what they're doing and i i think that that can't really be i guess overstated because you know i i guess this this comes as sort of a package deal with uh the the sort of souls pseudo genre um 
or at the very least just from softs games in particular but they tend to be characteristically divisive right you know yeah absolutely they're the kind of thing where a lot of folks you know you either love it or you hate it sort of sort of thing um i i i want to say that i have the utmost respect for this game to preface your first question which is what don't i like about it yeah and so let me let me say i have really approached this game with a very open mind and i have gained a lot of respect for it but i if i if i do point out a couple of things here it is let her rip i'm braced and ready i am (laughs) i am a huge fan of the fact that they don't actually give you a quest journal and they don't show a little indicator that you're supposed to follow. Right. They, they, they want you to listen to the NPCs and they want you to observe the environment. Right. In other words, they're getting you to actively engage with the story and with the world more than the story. I would say having said right. that um, most of the NPCs are not terribly memorable. Many of them are the same, perhaps even by design. And sometimes the clues are so vague so as to be almost useless that they even exist. Um, mm. There's also a lot of sort of like conditional ifs, ands, and buts with interacting with some some of them that mm. that make me feel like I need to get the guide out or watch the video. And I definitely like okay in the be- in the beginning of the game they have this like tutorial thing, and I don't think this is very spoilery, but. Like, it's easy to walk right past it. And the first time I, I played it, I did. This is, we were, we talked about this an episode oh, or two ago. Okay. Where I mentioned that the combat tutorial was like down at the bottom of a hole. Right. Yeah. And I didn't know yep. about it because yep. I went, because I did what other games have been training me to do for a long time, which is walk at the shiny. Yep. And that's what I did. And they knew you would. And they knew I would. And so the next time I played it, I was like, well, I wonder what this guy does. And then he goes, jump down the hole. And then I go, all right. And then I did it. And then I did the tutorial. And then, then, oh, that's where the tutorial is. Right. But it's little subtle things like that. I really appreciate. But as the game goes on, some of it is like just not helpful. Um, Mm. And so that's one small quibble. Another quibble I have is that um, uh, a lot of the sorceries are kind of samey. Most of them mm. result in kind of like shoot a thing, um, okay. which is kind of too bad. There is a few really unique, interesting ones. Like there's one where your character like curls up into a moon and fires it at someone and it explodes. What? Yeah, it's crazy, nice. you know, like there's some really interesting things and uh, sorceries and incantations have very like distinct kind of um, themes. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the sorceries are shoot a beam of a thing at a thing. And mm. that's kind of too bad. Um, I think if there's anything else that's really sort of bothersome. Um, no, I think those are my two biggest criticisms. I might think of something else as we're going, but 
I'm, I'm are, sure we will. The, those, those are probably my biggest criticisms. And, and, and you, what do you think? I think um, I, I, I get what they were going for with their minimalist approach to quests and things like that. And like you say, they're, they're trying to encourage active engagement with the, um, with the environment, with the NPCs. They're trying to get you to pay attention, things like that. And those are all really good. Um, but I, I would have loved there to be a, some kind of log or way to keep record within the game. So I could at least go like, um, like look up a, a character's name and reread some details about them or, you know, things, things like that. I, I definitely don't, need or want there to be like freaking quest markers all over the place and things right. like that. Really, the game becomes so convenient that we no longer have to engage with it. And like for right. as much as I loved ghost of Tsushima for being this like beautiful game, you can 100% check out of the story and, yeah. and just run from target to target to target to target. And you like, you eventually just skip dialogue because the NPCs are so incredibly uninteresting in that game. And so right. you, you just go, 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 go. And then the game's over. And you're like, well, I guess there was probably a story in there. Sure. But it sure and, was pretty looking all that grass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like I'm I'm thinking that having some sort of like a compendium or a log where either yeah. it had auto update or you could maybe something where you could like type in your own notes or something that might. Be yeah. Funny. See, that's what I was thinking. And cause as you were talking about that, I was thinking about the map a little bit and yep. sometimes they give you like markers, like for like key NPCs or something. Right. But I was like, okay, while well, you can set your own like waypoint, you can't like put a permanent mark on the map and name it something. And, um, I don't that- think you can name it, but you can put, um, they, they, they have given us, uh, I think, via an update within uh, the past couple days, you can plunk down like one of 10 different uh, icons. So you like one looks like a gem. One looks like a little castle. One looks like a flag. Um, so you can use that to at least put those kind of blips down on the map. I don't think you can put a text label but that's mm. helped me with at least marking off uh, little dungeons that I've completed. I'll oh, right. Like yeah. A- I started doing that in Valheim. Yeah. yeah. Um, so highly, highly like that. Um, you know, the, and because that doesn't break it, right. That doesn't break what they're going for. Yeah. It's like, okay, I just mark up my own map and that certainly wouldn't be the first game to do that. And as far as the journal goes, I like the idea of making your own notes. Like if you have a keyboard, you could type it. If you're on a, if you're on a console or using a controller, like that would be a little bit more cumbersome. But what you could do is maybe there's like a short 
text log that is recorded like it's not it doesn't go back in like perpetuity but maybe it goes back the last couple of hours mm-hmm. and you can just scroll through and highlight things you know yeah, and maybe and, and maybe you only can do like so many characters at a time maybe it's connected to your memory or uh, mind uh, ability you know whatever yeah. um so that like you know you can't write down everything everything but you can you can try to take notes and i think that's good and engaging on the other hand i could see them going okay if we make this available think that people will think that they have to and then and then people will be like i don't want to play note-taking game so i could i could see that also being a negative but it's one one solution i suppose yeah i would agree um I think, of course, there's also nothing stopping us from sitting there with a notebook and writing things down. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I I think I've actually heard that that's like literally what they're trying to encourage people to do. That's what a lot of people do actually do. Um, I know a, a buddy of mine um from when I was uh, working over at Google, he was a big fan of Bloodborne. And Bloodborne was a lot the same way where you you get the story in very kind of um, little bits and pieces that can be sort of disjointed. And you got to kind of puzzle it out. And that's what he actually did. He started going through and was actually taking notes and sussing out the story and like, what happened to this NPC? And why is this NPC this way? And why is this place like this? And blah, 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 blah. And every day I'd talk with him and he'd go, oh, man, last night I just realized that this connects to this and check out this thing and he would lay out like this NPC's tragic backstory that he got through like looking at a weapon description, looking at an item he picked up, looking at like a few different things that on their own are like, Oh, that's kind of neat. But when you put them all together, you get this much bigger picture Um, and I think that that's very interesting. You know, it gives you this kind of the same feeling that you get if, if you reread a very deep, uh, series of novels or something where it's like, oh man, I didn't pick this up on the first read, but on a reread, I start noticing all these little things and Mm -hmm. it makes it that much richer, which is really cool. Um, you know, I think I think that this is actually a good time to just let's transition into stuff we liked. Okay, so I like that it, this is not like this is an artist speaking to an audience, not not a, a company. I mean, it, it is a company, right? But yes. it, it feels like art as opposed to like, here's what the focus group says that they want. Right. Right. Like I hate the idea of focus groups, like, 
Like they don't, they're not TV writers. What do they know how to do? Right. Well, they're not game developers. Like who the heck knows what the heck they want. Right. So that's why we end up with so many things that are just clones, you know, clones and sequels, clones and sequels. And technically this is a sequel as well. But what I, but at its core gameplay at the, at its core philosophy, it almost couldn't be more different than what we typically engage with. Um, right. and, the, and I think the most easy comparison is like a Ubisoft style game Yeah, where, where, and by the way, that's why we see, we're seeing a lot of Ubisoft employees kind of salty about the whole situation and uh, like complaining about UI or whatever. Oh, and, yeah. you know, because the, the Assassin's Creed games by and large have been rather uninspired. And, uh, I mean, they well, have bang- they have banger soundtracks. I'll give them that. And they're pretty, but like, what are they, how much are they really pushing the medium in terms of gameplay itself? I, 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 would, I would say they are playing it very safe. I, I would throw in that, that. I would say that that's certainly the case now. Back when Assassin's Creed came out, though, the, oh, like, sure, the very sure. first one and Assassin's Creed 2 and its uh, and its subsequent uh, like revelations and stuff. expansions and everything like the whole Ezio story, you know, was. What, but I, three, I, three or yeah. four games, right? And and maybe it should have been left at that, but it was it, it's it was kind of the golden goose in a way. And so people kind they just kind of kept going back to it. And then they're right. like, okay, it's an Assassin's Creed, but this time it's in this time. And now yeah. it's in this one. And now we've got this one. And it you're just like eh. and and it's yeah. not to say they don't make enjoyable things in those games, but at their core and this is even true partially about a lot of the far cry stuff is you go to the tower, the tower unlocks the things you walk around, you collect the things and, and most of it is superfluous nonsense. And yeah, I mean, it, it's it, set it, the it's standard for busy the open work, world, you know, style. It's like, and, and look, I enjoyed Spider-Man, but Spider-Man was the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2018 is gorgeous and swinging around that city is a ton of fun. Having said that, it's kind of dumb doing these like pigeon side quests and doing the um, help Harry with his research by swinging through smog nonsense. Uh, The Mary Jane levels were horrendous, you know, like it was just it. It's busy work disguised as content, whereas with Elden mm. Ring, everything is like deliberate and like content is content. Yep. And it's kind of a sorry state of things when you can look at a game and go, wow, their open world is actually like worth exploring instead of right. just being open world and everything's the same. Yeah. You know, we're going it's... for long stretches and not not in, engaging with something. And, and we talked about this before, where it's like, you're you're riding around and you're going to run into something interesting pretty quickly. Oh yeah, very quickly. And I I think it's interesting too that the the what incentivizes you to engage with the environment is actually the the lack 
of certain utilities. And like the thing that gets you to pay attention to the world is in large part helped by the fact or spurred on by the fact that they didn't put certain utilities and conveniences and things like, you know, like a quest log or like a bunch of different map alterations that you could do or all these different things. They went bare bones and are like, if you want to get around, get around, pay attention. So that kind of waters down my earlier complaint because like, (laughs) like, okay, the NPC didn't help me that much. I don't care anyway. I'm going to (laughs) explore anyway. So I'm probably going to run into the thing that he wants anyway. Um, That's true. Like, okay, there's this one quest where an NPC literally told me to go find a needle out in a swamp. And I was like, that's hilarious. You know, like he basically told me to go find a needle in a haystack. I said, but you know, I'm going to do it, you know, like totally. And like after a while, I like forgot about it. And I was just like riding around, just trying to farm up some runes and stuff. Yeah. And then I go, oh, hey, a boss. Cool. I go fight the boss. The boss drops. Um this needle. needle i'm like i'm like oh hey the other i remember you and then i i take it back to the guy and it gives me a thing and hey, man, uh, i went looking specifically for this and definitely didn't get distracted at all <laughs> so at, at first when you play this game you're gonna like beat a hard enemy and you're like all right what do i get and it's gonna give you some like nonsense object that doesn't do anything and you're gonna be like oh that's that's disappointing but usually it kind of like leads to something right right that, does lead to something really significant and also so, read the item descriptions ah like, yes that's when very you helpful. go in hit i think it's uh hit your your x button if you're using a uh an xbox controller or i think it's your square button if you're using a playstation controller mm-hmm. um but it'll that took me a while shift. to figure that out too by the way yeah that that was a the interface could be better yeah and be. i will also say keyboard and mouse play is not good it's oh, controller it, it's objectively bad like you do need to plug in a controller so like i'm sorry it is unplayable on keyboard and mouse at least to enjoy it i haven't even tried it on I I did it was mouse it was a nightmare um what what did you actually like what specific problems did you run just into? backing out of menus is like a three-step process like it was it was just obviously like an afterthought thrown in um oh, okay here's here because I I know we jumped into things that things that we like and this completely slipped my mind but i th- i think the thing that i hate hate okay about this game is the amount of steps it takes to exit the game oh yes okay fair enough because like when you want to leave, it has it like logs you back into the server, and then you, you quit for real. You go down to system, yeah. You tab over to the basically quit the game tab. Scroll you down to actually the quit the game. <laughs> to quit the game, it takes you through the two 
company splash screens. You get Bandai Namco and then FromSoft. (laughs) Then it takes you to the game's opening menu screen. You scroll down to quit the game. It asks you if you're sure. You say, (laughs) yes, yes, God, yes. Please release me. Yes. I haven't eaten in seven hours <laughs> right right <laughs> you know and then you're finally allowed to leave like they actually wrote a kotaku article about this specific it's, thing it's funny like, it's please funny. god give me quit to desktop yes please yeah that is that is a worthy criticism <laughs> i would say like I'm that's like, definitely valid because that's that's really very annoying um Yes, I know this was made by Bandai Namco and FromSoft. You don't need to show me your freaking logo screens again. Also, summoning friends in a co-op is complex. It's yeah, it feels sort of needlessly convoluted. so. So I didn't I didn't like that either. Um, but okay, getting back to stuff I like. Um, yeah, I want to uh, talk about you know, like the thing that matters more which is the core philosophy itself, right? Like, okay, yes. the, the philosophy isn't, we're not Ubisoft. The philosophy is, um, well, there's a few of them. One of them we kind of talked about, which is you should engage with your game. Yes. Instead of expecting your game to engage with you. And that is like different, um, like this is something we've talked about when it comes to tabletop games, like managing expectations. Like, and how sometimes players expect the GM to do all the driving and to basically they want to sit back and be entertained as opposed to actively engaging. So this game follows that sort of idea like, hey, you should remember what the guy said. You should explore. You should look around. You want to have fun? Go have it. We provided stuff. Go look for it. But yep. no, but but we're done holding your hand. Yeah. And at first it can feel a little off putting. It can and, feel very off putting. And then you kind of get it because when you uh, read between the lines and you think about it and then you go there and you find it, that feels so much better. It's very gratifying. Then having an NPC give you meticulous detail only to also provide a little golden arrow that you just run at making all of the directions completely useless. Yeah. And then to go get it like it, you basically get condescended down to. Yeah. And then the game's like, good job. Yeah. You know, as, as by the way, this game never says good job. (laughs) No, it certainly doesn't. In fact, it says you died in big red letters. You died. In in case there was any doubt that what just happened killed you, you know, in case you weren't sure that this giant 12 foot tall, 1800 armed monstrosity (laughs) bludgeons you into a crater in the ground and your guy is literally turned into a grease smear just to let you know you're freaking dead. Yeah, you are. You died. But and that brings me to the other thing, which is this game is merciless. And that is a good thing. Yeah. Um, At first, it is frustrating 
at first it is frustrating and it's, and it's helpful to know beforehand kind of what you're getting into and, yes. and to be ready for that. Like, I almost think the first screen should be this game is like actually hard, yo, yeah. but it's, but I would not say it's like terribly unfair hard. No, it, I, I wouldn't it, either. I would say that, that this game makes you earn your wins yeah. and most games kind of don't frankly or earning your win is um go get good gear and right. then you can just overpower everything with numbers right now so to be fair you, you can kind of be can lazy kind of do that in this too yes there, but you still have to but that but, but the difference is but the difference ends up being I can take four hits instead of one, right? Instead of, yeah, I can stand there and have enemies kill themselves on my thorns are a ha ha ha. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you never yeah. get like that. And it's like a thing where you still got to dodge and you still got a block and you still need to time things and you still need to pay attention and you can't panic roll and you can't mash buttons yeah. And you can't approach every boss exactly the same way because the game punishes you for all of that laziness. Right. And and you're not even aware of it, that you've been trained to think about games this way until you beat a, an enemy in a, in a Souls game. That that is that is what I was thinking about when or rather that makes me think about when you were starting and you were trying to go with um, a certain build strategy uh, that focused on, uh, I want to say it was staggering or blocking or something to that effect. And it, it was effective on certain bosses and certain monsters, but not in others. And I remember you getting pretty frustrated at first. Yes, at first, because again, that that expectation had been, yep, my spec should work because all specs should work in a way, like unless they're like just like kind of so stupid and ridiculous. Right. But like, so I I told you that with my shield focused character, I really, really struggled with with uh, one of the big first bosses. Yep. And, you know, lots and lots and lots of attempts. I ended up restarting the game with a new character. Oh, and by the way, I did eventually beat that boss and I moved on to beat more bosses. That was so, Margit, right? Yeah, and Margit. Yeah, Margit is famous, <laughs> is is famous at this point. And Margit teaches you how to how to play Dark Souls, right? He's, he teaches you how to play Elden Ring. And he's a he's a skill check boss. I think I've heard it referred. Yeah, to he's more like, he's more skill than gear. Yep. Right. Well, once you can get past him. It's sort it it is kind of this checkpoint that says, okay, if you can get past this dude, you are getting the hang of it. And if you can't, you need to go back and like and practice the game some more. Practice, get more gear, get more powerful, right. go explore. Yeah. Because like yeah. when you gear up, what'll essentially happen is okay, now you're not getting one shot. Now you can actually drink a potion and try again. Like gear, like allows you a tiny bit of forgiveness for small mistakes. Yeah. But it, but it doesn't forgive you for standing there and not blocking. 
Oh yeah. Or, or dodging or just trying to like flex on the boss, right? Gear on its own is not going to give you the win. It's not going to give you the win. You can't buy power in this game. Right. And that is one of the like really brilliant things. So it's like, it's weird. It's like, um, when you watch kill bill and you, and, um, Beatrice trains with Pai Mei. Yeah. And like, she hates him (laughs) at first and he's incredibly cruel. And yet she becomes insanely strong and, you know, she grows this, this great admiration and respect for him. Right. And, and then she wants to like avenge his death later. Um, in a lot of ways, Margaret is kind of like a mentor, not for the character, but for you, the player. And he he is trying to tell you something. He's trying to teach you something. And and the game does this a lot. Yeah, the game does this a lot where it it shows instead of tells, which is so great. Yeah. And and really, especially refreshing from an Eastern developed game. Yes, because most JRPGs and that sort of thing over explain everything. And look, I love Persona, but holy crap, does do you you better like to read, man? Like it. They like (laughs) to talk. And even their fighting games, a lot of times, like that, that come from from the east. Like, and I love Street Fighter. Um, and there's so many great fighting games, but a lot of them, when you're learning, they're just like, "Here's a text box. Here's a text box. Here's a text box." Yeah. And and this game, like, okay, when you when you come out of like the tutorial, when you like actually enter the game for the first time after the fake out in the beginning. Yep. Uh, um that they like display the world and you see the great vista and it's beautiful. Limgrave. And, and it's like Limgrave and then you walk out and there's a few paths ahead of you, but the most obvious path goes downward and leads to a big golden knight on a horse. Yep. <laughs> and sure does. And if you are <laughs> trained by other games, you walk into this man and I'm then I'm pretty he, sure I'm supposed to go over there. I yeah, I'm supposed to Maybe he's nice, right? And then, <laughs> he, or, he is and if not. he's an enemy, I'm in the starting zone. He should be easy, right? Yeah, that's not the that's not yeah. their philosophy. This nope. guy comes over and he introduces you to reality, and he just absolutely destroys your man and uh, pummels you into the earth. So then yeah. you go, well, what am I supposed to do? And <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's that. That is yep. the thing about us as yep. like gaming culture that has been like, there's a lot of things wrong with gaming culture, but one of the things is what am I supposed to do? It's that alleviation of responsibility. Mm. Here's what happened. You walked up, you saw this man in his gear and you said to yourself, wearing your rags <laughs> that you could beat him up and the game didn't give you that. The game didn't yep. give you that. It's like I went to I got a bachelor's degree. Why aren't I a CEO? Well, they right. look at the guy. <laughs> right. You know? Look at the guy. That that is, I think <laughs> I that could be the back of the box quote. Elden Ring. Look at the guy. Look at the like, guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
You so think you can what, take him? So what you're supposed to do is go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. And there's no NPC that stands there and says, um, hey, uh, don't fight that guy. Don't fight that guy. Because you'll so, find out sooner or later that you shouldn't fight that guy. So many games have become Lego sets with instructions. Yep. And Lego sets even have step-by-step tutorials now that you can follow on an app. And you know, I know I'm sounding like super boomer right now, but like, seriously, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's how you want to play, it's Legos. Who cares? Sure. But try it. Try, try a game that doesn't hold your hand and that yeah. tells you, you failed. You screwed this up. Yeah. Because it sounds accusatory. It even sounds a little abusive. It's not. And it couldn't be more the opposite. Because what what it does is it says you, you died. Yes. That means you win. Yes. That means you have power. And when right. you beat these guys, when they fall down and turn into ash and you absorb all their souls, you you feel accomplished like you never did in other games fighting other bosses, frankly. Right. And because you didn't you didn't buy that win. You didn't check the boxes until the game told you you were now allowed to win. You caused it. Right. Right. And that is so great. It's therapy. (laughs) It's refreshing in a way because, you know, and I completely agree that, you know, at first blush, it could seem abusive like the game is just trouncing you just you know to get its kicks i guess if uh if an inanimate object could get kicks um but really that's all very true and i think it's the game respects you Mm -hmm. and i this popped into my head earlier um and I forgot about it and it came back in now and it's just the right time. So I'm, I'm so glad that it worked out like this. Um, I feel like this is a game that earns the mature rating without it necessarily being for um, like extreme content. Like it's like, does it have like blood and gore? Yes. Does it have like, you know, kind of, you know, adult ish content that is not necessarily appropriate for a kid's game? Sure. But I feel like this game is a mature game. Yeah. In in the truest sense of the word. Right. I don't think kids would enjoy this game because it is brutal it is hard but like you say it it respects you it gives you the tools and it gives you the feedback to say this is what you tried to do this is what you want to do and this is what you did and this is the result and it gives (laughs) you cause and effect and it gives you enough feedback so that you, if you have the wherewithal 
to to analyze what your strategy was and what the outcome was and to try to make those incremental adjustments or sometimes massive adjustments because why not you know it gives you the tools to try things to experiment with things and it's like you died you look at that <laughs> and it's and it becomes not always but often it becomes a learning experience. And I've seen other people write the same thing too. This is not like my own original thought, but it, the whole you died screen Mm -hmm. is seems mean. It seems mean, but then it isn't, but but then then it becomes almost like a, it becomes like a mantra. You're like, Like, yeah, in a way I did. And, and it, and it almost gives you this, it gives you a pause I this just occurred to me. Okay, this is like a freaking epiphany. The the you died screen is good in that the it's the game giving you a break. It's the game saying, okay, now take a breather and think about what just happened. Yeah. And what you could do differently. And it's, you know, in. In Family Guy, there was that bit where Stewie's at the baseball game <laughs> and, and the the kid catches the uh, the Stewie catches the ball. It was like a oh, pop yeah, fly yeah, into yeah. the stands. And there's a little kid sitting next to him that has like a little toy baseball bat. And <laughs> Stewie catches the ball. The kid goes, "Ooh, can I see? And then he goes, sure like trade me your bat and they switch and then stewie takes the bat hits the kid in the face with the bat that he just got and then and takes, he the, takes ball the ball back. too and goes what did you learn what did you learn <laughs> and <laughs> that really is kind of like it yeah. is you're knocked out and you go okay what can i take away from this from this horrendous beat down <laughs> well in 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 a in a sense where you're in the middle of combat and you start to, you start to understand things like when they immediately happen. And we've had the moments, both of us where you just did a button input and you know, it was a mistake. You know that you're going to pay for that. And so the, the game is like, yep, I'm gonna kill you now. Like one of the things that Margaret and a lot of other bosses do is hesitate. And oh, so, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll, they'll lift their weapon, up their weapon lot. up high and they'll build up momentum. And if you just start dodging, they will kill you for that. Oh, yeah. Right. Like if you don't dodge when the attack is happening, then you, they're going to just stand there and do nothing. And then when you recover from your roll, then they're going to hit you right. and then you're going to die and then or at least take a lot of damage. And that's your fault. You yep. did that. Because spam rolling and spam dodging and spam blocking is what you got to do before. Yep. And so I love what you said about it being mature in the realest sense of the word, because like you see the word mature on like GTA five. It's like, there's nothing mature about this game. Um, (laughs) It's enjoyable. There are some cool things, but mature content. I would not (laughs) label Anything that happens in here as being appropriate for a mature person. 
right? I I think that it is it is mature in the sense, like you say, it is like not like suitable Elden Ring, for children. Elden Ring is for the mature gamer who isn't going to cry when they lose, right? Yeah. And who who can look at what they did and go, how do I adjust? How do I do better? And then they earn victory. And you know what? The loot is nice sometimes, but it's honestly secondary to like the accomplishment of it. Oh, yeah. I, and I mean, speaking of loot and gear and stuff, what's what has been very interesting to me is when you look at all the systems that they put in the game and and yes, some of them are obfuscated. Yeah, obfuscated. Uh, very, very heavily. The game can, the game's systems can be opaque or hidden. Certain things like, um, like you can get a tailor, uh, that can alter how some of the gear in the game looks. Not yeah. all of it, but some of it. That's a thing that you don't even know exists until you find this NPC. I think it's the one that you found the needle for incidentally Mm. Um, that like there are a lot of systems like that, where if you don't talk to the right NPC and talk to them enough, like sometimes you have to go back and talk to them again and again and again to really make sure you've churned through all their potential dialogue to finally unlock what special thing they do. Mm -hmm. But all those systems that they give you for it, for amping up the power of your weapons or your summons or your spells and all this stuff, it makes it viable to literally take the gear you start with to the end game. You can take your starter sword build it up to plus 25 with smithing stone after smithing stone after smithing stone. And you can beat the end boss of the game in the same gear you started in, albeit buffed a bit throughout your progress. But right. you can ignore all the other loot in the game, theoretically. I mean, and what's, what's nice about a lot of that fun, loot is that it, provides variations in play style as opposed Lots to just being options. Okay. This is sword, but this time with a, a shiny. Yep. Right. Like which were, you know, stuff that we're used to. All right. And I, as much as I have enjoyed Bioware games, like in dragon age two, there's like, there's big sword, there's sword and shield and there's daggers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get ones that look different, but they never inherently do anything different from each other. Right. Right. One just has big number. Right. Right. And shiny curve or whatever. Yeah. doesn't like, but there's no, there's no actual difference. And so like in this game, finding like a Warhammer is an interesting that like, and not even like a fancy one, like the item is called Warhammer and it's in a chest. Yep. Like, Hey, you can experiment with how this feels and this can be your in-game weapon if you'd like it to be. And it feels way different. Like, do you remember when I when I uh, showed up? We were doing a little multiplayer, and I busted out the whip 
for the first time. Oh, the whip is so cool. (laughs) Isn't it awesome? And so few games really give you one to mess with. And oh, man, when you just start nuking the little mobs that are going around when oh man they're really good about dealing with a lot of those smaller mobs like like wolves or rats or something by the way totally died to a rat earlier before when i was playing oh Um, yeah i was like fighting this like skeleton crossbow guy yeah and he was like wrecking me and he wouldn't like recoil from my hits so he was just like hitting me through everything and it took me a couple of tries, but then I finally killed him and I go, whew, that was tough. And then this little rat <laughs> bounced up behind me. My time is now. It hits me once and it's all that it takes. And I pass <laughs> the character dies. And, and I just you laughed, died. right? I just laughed because I was just like, of course, like in that moment, I didn't do what I knew I should do. What did I, you learn? I show when you show the Cause like the game, we, we talked about the, how the game respects you, but the game also demands respect. Oh yeah. And, and that's oh, yeah. so yeah, like, like, and that's why it's so great because you like form a relationship with this game, with this that's world right. and with these, and more importantly with the rule set. Yes. And yes. like the, the game is like, you will obey the contract of our, of our game, or you can simply not engage with me. Yeah. You know, yep. so it's a free contract. Like you can leave at any time. Yep. But it, but it insists that you actually play it instead of just winning it. So yep. like when video games like were first getting started, you know, they were like quarter eaters. And so they were incredibly difficult so that you would spend money. Yep. And then when they switched to console and like, okay, we're not really playing at circle K anymore. Yep. Now we're, now we're all playing at home. Then they, then it really became about, okay, well, people want to feel cool and they want to win. So we're going to challenge them, but essentially it's guaranteed that you're going to win. And well, yeah, because you don't have to keep paying. You can just push that reset button all day. You you can. Um, so you don't have to put in the quarters. Like, And there was a bit of a transition period in there where like maybe you only had so many lives and then it was like a real game over. Oh, yeah. But like even that, they eventually basically stopped doing um and then and now it's kind of interesting that it's become like a subgenre for your game to like actually be hard yeah well now, mind you back in the days of the old nes it wasn't the same kind of hard it was just unfair hard right it definitely like, could be it yeah. definitely could be like the i don't know if you ever played that like original original ninja turtles game Oh yeah, that thing was incredibly brutal, and you had three lives for the entire game, or four lives, because every turtle had one life. Oh my god! And you couldn't get new ones, and so you had to win the game in in four chances. This is what you get, and the stuff that you had to do was so ridiculously hard that it was just like I don't know, it was it was horrible. But like in this game. You can try infinite times. Oh, yeah. And, sure. and so there's like, yeah, there might be a penalty. Like you might lose your runes. You, no, but you will lose your runes. <laughs> you you will. You will you lose gonna lose your runes by the by the scores of thousands. That's like <laughs> You are going to lose a lot of runes. Don't get attached. Don't but do you know, and we were talking about this, like where it's like almost relieving. 
Oh yeah. When you do, because then you're like, okay, now I can just 100% focus on this task as opposed to worrying about picking up my runes. It, it makes you really understand the guy that the movie trailer voice dude talks about when he's like one man with nothing left to lose. <laughs> like you, it, it's this, it's like in, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, I, I say, what was it? Like, I can't think of it. Spoiler alert for breaking bad. If you haven't gone and watched it yet, go watch it, uh, or skip the next like 30 seconds. When Walter White learns that he has cancer, there's this there's this shift in his character where you you realize and he sort of realizes after a bit that it's a freedom where he he knows now that his numbers up at a certain point. And he's like, I got nothing to lose. Like, I can just follow my gut. I can go do something crazy. Not to say that, you know, nobody here is advocating that you should go cook meth. Bad, bad idea. But (laughs) you have this this character who's in a position where they what they have to to risk is much less and you get that feeling of okay you know now they the penalty was if you don't go back and pick up your runes they are gone forever but now since your wallet's empty you can go get punched in the face into the ground ad infinitum it doesn't matter anymore so once you reach that point that can actually be a lot of fun because you start like, oh, you know what? I'm going to equip this crazy weapon that I don't know if I'm going to be any good with it, but I wouldn't have tried to use this when I've got like 30,000 runes on me because I don't want to accidentally like, you know, be reckless and just botch the run because I just wanted to try something new. But now that I've got nothing to lose, I can try out some crazy techniques. I can try out, you know, new weapons or spells or whatever. And it's those moments that let you find those special things and find those things that make you look at the game and go, oh, hello. Like, you know, I just found a whip. All right, let's give it a shot. I did have this epic looking huge colossal great sword that would just smash things like crazy is super fun and maybe i otherwise wouldn't have tried out the whip but now i can and who knows maybe you go holy moly this is way more fun than the sword right yeah and like and some of them are better in different situations and one thing that the game wants you to do is to switch weapons they want you to try different things like Okay, because stats exist, you're not going to be able to do everything unless you just spend a ridiculous amount of time. I mean, so theoretically you could, but yeah. like you'll probably specialize in a couple of stats. And that's fine because even within those couple of stats, you can still do a lot. Oh, yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, so you're going to keep weapons in your inventory because, you know, there was, um, oh, I beat Godric. Yep. With, with the claws. Nice. So I bet like the Wolverine claws, right? And, and the bleed stacks were just really tearing them apart. And nice. so as long as I landed a couple of key jumps and dodges, I was golden. And eventually I got it right and I killed him. And that was great. And then the awesome. next boss, the claws were entirely useless. Because which, which boss? I don't even remember. I think it was like some smaller boss okay. of some kind. It might not even been a boss. It might have just been like a big mook. You know That's what I mean? That's another thing in this game. Just real quick. You run around and you will find some enemies where you're like, oh, snap. Here we go. Thinking that it's a boss. And it just turns out. It was just some dude who was just really freaking scary. Looking. Yeah, they have like a lot of different levels, like where some things are like bosses and some of them are just, well, it's a big thing in the area, but it's not a boss. Right. And, and there's not many of them, but, you know, it's, this is not a boss. And so you you kill it and then it's like whatever. But then I was like, OK, <laughs> this is not working. So I switched back to my rapier and then it worked great. And then nice. the next enemy, the rapier was terrible because if I got in close at all, you, you, no amount of dodging was going to save me. Yeah. And so this, cause this person just wouldn't stop spinning around <laughs> and that'll happen. And, and so then I started using spells and then the spells worked. There you and go. Then, Adapt. And then the next fight I was like, I'm going to run around and, and cheese this guy with spells. And uh, the enemy said, no, that's not going to work. You need to stab me. And then I was like, Oh, this is the first time an enemy on this map has been about run at me and stab me. Yeah. But it did work, right? Like where I just went ham and just tried to be on the offense. Yep. As much as I could, it actually functioned. But the next boss isn't going to let me do that. Yep. And that's great. It, and it so really it, keeps you on your toes. And, you know, every boss fight is a potential new situation so like, i want this to be a man. situation where i can talk again about how weapon specialization is bad okay like like in third edition <laughs> okay this idea of taking weapon focus weapon specialization greater weapon focus greater weapon specialization this was this was bad design um i hated it and like it's not fun and we haven't even started getting into like the third question, which is how do we relate these to TTRPGs? Yeah. And, and that that's really, I really want to transition that because there is so much to bring here yeah. and we've, we've have touched on this in the past and we, we fully understand that in D and D you typically don't get a do over. Um, yeah. When your character dies, they're dead. So we, we do have to keep that in mind, but there are some things here that, that we can get. So yes, one of the main lessons for me that I think I've pulled away is um, expect your party members to actively engage in the clues and environment. And mm. if they don't, then they need to be responsible for that. Mm. And because if you don't do that and like, okay, I was watching a Matthew Coville video. Okay. And, and in this video, and for those of you that don't know, Matthew Coville has a YouTube channel where he talks about how to be a good DM, essentially. 
And uh, this one was called Motivation Through Rewards. Which and is what rewards should be for. Exactly. So we reward behavior Correct. when it when it happens. And so sometimes our players aren't doing the things that we want them to do because we're probably inadvertently rewarding them from doing something else. Or right? or uh, and so de-incentivizing. Right. Yeah. Either way. You're right. So what we're trying to do is say, hey, if you pay attention, you get more stuff or you get better stuff. Well, if your desire is for them to pay attention, then that needs to be a rule. Right. And you shouldn't tell them what they need. Now, if the information is kind of just an excuse to get into the next combat, by all means, don't force them to take notes. Right. It's because it's it's really just a matter of what do you want? What do they want? Right. But if you want players to engage with you, you must reward engagement. And it seems obvious, but it's one of the main lessons of Elden Ring. Yep. In Elden Ring, you must engage or you will not learn or you will not get anywhere. You will do um, tasks that will lead to your demise. Right. So on the that flip is side, the big thing, I would say. On the flip side to that, that also means that if you want your players to engage, you need to make sure that you are giving them the the how do I say this? The the you need to be giving them the things that you want them to engage with. Like if you want them to pay attention for necessary information yeah make sure that you have that necessary information and that that you can present it in a way where it feels important for them you know you want to make sure that you do adequately reward that engagement and that you do hit those payoffs because if if you do ask your players, hey, this is what's going on. This is what our expectations are for the game. I want you to engage. Make sure that you hold up your end of the deal and give them the reward for engaging. Have that information. Have that payoff, whatever it may be. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You, I mean, if you want them to engage with it, you have to have something to engage with. Right. Um, for sure. And, and sometimes DMs want to be overly coy, I find. Um, and it's sometimes unnecessary. Sometimes it's part of it. And, and play, because we are conditioned. And many of us are conditioned by games, right? Yeah. And so when we play this game, sometimes those expectations, uh, come in and so there can be a little bit more grace here you don't have to be dark souls but like you can grace but what you should probably do is make sure that you do reward when they go well like if you only ever engage with your kids because you're mad at them they're gonna keep pissing you off so that you engage with them yeah right even if it's negative so you better remember that when little timmy does a good that you make a deal out of that. Yep. And you, and then you go little Timmy, I am so proud. Great job. Yep. Let's go get ice cream. Like then he associates <laughs> worthy behavior with ice cream. 
Right. We want we want him to do that again, right? And exactly. what, whatever it is, the incentive that your kid does respond to, and it's always different. But you definitely need to not only punish bad behavior, but if you're punishing bad behavior, also also make sure that you reward good behavior. Right. And our and our kids are our kids are the same way as our players. Do you want your players to do a crafting system? Then provide one and make sure the rewards go through there. But if they can find better stuff by just hunting down enemies and taking their stuff, then the crafting system becomes superfluous. Yep. If if uh, you want them to not craft anything, but then you make great crafting items available, you're sending mixed signals. Yep. Right. So just what is the what is it that you want from players and then reward that behavior? Yep. So that's it's it's really that simple. And I think the Elden Ring does a good job of doing that. Yeah, I would. Agree. Um, while also providing another thing, which I would say is consequence. Yes. And sometimes, you know, because there are buddies and they're at the table with us, we don't always give consequences Yeah. Um, or we lessen them. And I'm certainly guilty of this. You know, nobody wants to TPK their own party. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a hard thing. And I and I will say the alternative in a role playing game is probably retreat as opposed to like just offing your party. They should be able to have an escape route, probably. And then yeah. they can then they can attempt something different. They can go in a different way or they can try the fight again. Um, however, it is you want to handle that. But you shouldn't like do sex machina have, you know, the gods show up and save them. Yeah. You shouldn't um, just kill them immediately for doing the thing you didn't want. Oh, that'll learn them because now they're just going to think you're a jerk. Right. Well, you know, there when it comes to stuff like that, too, um, I find and, you know, I think this might be a topic for another time, too. But I also find myself. sometimes worrying that even though I think that a consequence is reasonable or impactful or dramatic or whatever, for some, for whatever reason, uh, reasonably warranted. Sometimes I'll pull myself back just because I don't want to deal with the griping that I'm sure I will get from someone if I pull the trigger on it that somebody will whine about it being unfair or that, you know, you know, that was bull crap or whatever. I mean, that's going to happen no matter what. And it's, it's one of those things where not, I mean, if, if you trust your GM and the consequence is reasonable, in theory, it it shouldn't happen. If you have mature players who do trust you, right? I, yeah, I just, I know some, I have players that I, that I'm a big fan of that I do like that I know complain. Yep. And because that's how they sort of cope mm. and, and it's very frustrating and I'm not saying it's right. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's better just to go through with it. Right. Because like, there's a difference between going, oh man, and being upset or even feeling like it's a little unfair in the moment versus going you know no that was the right call right kind of late later on you know what i mean like i can forgive that 
Because it's frustrating to lose your character or to have something negative happen to them. And this has been a big adjustment that I've had to learn as a player, because frankly, I just haven't had that much experience playing the game. Sure. Like as opposed to running it. And so learning to take those L's sometimes or to allow adjustments to happen to my character as part of their development has has been something that, you know, I've, I've kind of had to learn. But you have to pay attention to what your GM's doing. Yeah. And and they need to also, by the way, totally pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah. Because if if they're not getting the engagement they want, it might be about rewards, but it also might be about they're not paying attention to what you want. And that, so why why do you bother reacting? Right. Yeah. Why? Why am I investing in this world? that's not invested in me. You know, it's it's a two way street. It um, is a two way street. It really is. And we have to remember that. Now, the thing with Elden Ring is that Elden Ring is made by incredible designers who do have something to say, and we have to respect that. At the table, we're a little bit more on equal footing. You might be the best GM in your group, but you're still, you know, you, and not, you know, you're providing an experience, but also check yourself a little bit. But if a decision is just, and if an action is just, and and you think twice about it, and you go, this is not me just being petty. This is not, this is not me, my real self trying to beat this other person, real self in a game of egos. If, if this is the rational justification, you should go through with it. You should absolutely go through with it. So I was telling my class this today. I said the, when I was your age and I was a baby GM, I ran a game at a shop with 13 players. Oh my God. Which was my first mistake, you know, but the other mistake was the rogue immediately goes around town and starts causing chaos and mayhem. Yep. Right. And what did, how did I react? I let them cause chaos and mayhem. So what happened the next time? It was chaos they ca- and mayhem. It was chaos and mayhem. Right. And it took a while to realize you need to have real consequences. Yep. So that players like maybe that player would have been upset. Maybe he would have left. Good. Yep. Get out. Go. Because there's another table that will make you much happier. Yep. And I'll I'll have less players. It's a win-win scenario with just a little bit of uncomfortableness in between. Yeah. Uncomfortableness that is totally and completely worth it. Yeah. So, yeah. I love Elden Ring because it makes me the right kind of uncomfortable. It Yeah. It is the right kind of difficult. Yeah. And it changes your relationship with games. And I will say this, I've never played a Souls game before. So for me this is like like a a like an epiphany. This yeah. is like a huge change for me. And if you've played games like this before, it probably won't have that same impact. Sure, but I love you, this. You, you've probably been sitting there forever going, "I've been trying to tell you this forever." <laughs> And now you're finally coming around. It's like, yeah, uh, you know, modern family when <laughs> Claire is always trying to get Phil to try a web salad <laughs> and he never does. And then someone else who he, you know, he's just buddies with is like, hey, you should try a web salad. He goes, OK. And then he goes home and he's like, Claire, 
I just tried a wedge salad and they're so good. And she's like, oh, I've been telling <laughs> you this for years and you never listened. Yeah. It's, very, very relatable. Yeah. Very relatable. It, it, wedge salads are delicious, by the way. Um, it, it has been a revelation for sure. And I think, I hope that it turns the open world genre of games on its head. And I hope that people are paying attention and, and, you know, by, by its sales numbers, it would seem that plenty of people are paying attention. And I hope that, that we see its influence in more open world games, because I think that we've gotten to a place now where open world games are the way they are because they, because it's been established, you know, Ubisoft for better or worse has, has really established how open world games are supposed air quotes to be. And it's it's formulaic and they can produce these things repeatedly with a consistent level of quality and so on and so on. But it does give us this samey kind of feel. And, you know, back, you know, even with Skyrim and everything, when you have the quest marker on your compass and it tells you where to go, there is this nice convenience factor. And I'm guessing that we will probably in the future start seeing something of a middle ground between I'm going to clutch your hand so tightly that you will never, ever feel like you are making your own decisions or discovering a darn thing on your own and like being afraid of contact level of hands off going you figure it all out. I'm not telling you a darn thing like I'm trying to keep secrets from you or something. I'm yeah, I'm yeah. hoping I, I, to see kind of a a, a a middle ground that I think will be interesting. You know what? I feel like the game industry is going to take the wrong lesson from this and they're just going to make a Dark Souls clone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just going to look because at things that will like, beat you into the ground. They're like, OK, so the, the market wants this like. No, I think that's missing the point. Like for as much as I've been praising it, what I the, the thing that's really important is that it's fresh. The thing that's really important is that it's unique and has its own philosophy. I want every game I play to bring me something different. Yeah. Because true. if if the market is one thing, it's saturated. Yeah. We and we have played a lot of games. We have watched a lot of movies. Yeah. And so finding something that is both familiar and fresh is and that is difficult. Yeah. That is where the secret sauce lies. Yeah. And it's it's definitely not easy. Yeah. But that is what we want. We don't want to just do the same thing over and over and over and over again. I mean, look at look at the book of Boba Fett compared to the Mandalorian. Mm. Right? They're both Star Wars properties. One of those characters is the most recognizable character, but the other one is the more successful character. You're right. Because 
that character is art. That character is an author speaking to an audience. Mm. And the other one is Boba Fett. <laughs> shots and, fired. <laughs> shots fired. But I mean, come on. No, yeah, yeah. Who, who wrote I like like the book of Boba Fett? I think it I think it gets too much flack, frankly. But at the same time, like because there are things about it where the writers are trying to do something different and people are complaining because it's not their expectations. Uh, and I don't like that, but it had also legitimate criticisms. Sure. It's okay that Boba Fett changes, but it's better that we met someone new that we could do something different with who made us care about a puppet. You know what I mean? That's who, true. Who, who showed more, it, who showed more emotion and, and emoting with a mask on than, than most actors did. That's um, true, man. And, and you know, it, and I look, I love Marvel movies, but if, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland take their masks off as often as they possibly can, it is freaking annoying. It, right? I, oh my <laughs> God. So if annoying. you got a cool mask, if you got a cool helmet, put it on. When, you know, in, in a game, especially like Elden Ring or even like World of Warcraft and stuff, I don't often bother too much with the with the faces like i try to get it to a spot where i think it's cool looking but honestly the helmet i choose that's my freaking face oh yeah pretty much pretty much oh by the way i really like how weight matters in this game yeah like that's that's really nice um anyway we're we're starting to run long um yeah and there's more I could say about how it relates to, to role-playing games, but um, I think it's safe for us to say that we highly recommend this game. Um, personally, I would rate it 10 out of 10. Oh yeah. If, I think, I, mean, I think in, I wouldn't say any game is perfect, but I would say if there are games that deserve tens and we go with that assumption, then this is among them. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. I don't, I don't think perfect is you know no that's not a, the right a word good word to use masterpiece is but it is a masterpiece it it the game knew what it was about the people designing this knew what they wanted to do they had a vision and they executed on that vision and they kept that vision right in front of them the whole time and they realized it exactly the way they uh, yeah. intended to do it. Um, I love it, and I I love it too. It's it's a it's a great game. It has surprised me. It has taught me things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when's the last time a video game taught you something? You know what I mean? Like, and and not just like a factoid, but like something meaningful. Oh, you know? I mean, I, well, like heck just about how we interface with games. And it, it also, I think has taught us about where we've come as gamers too, because, you know, like, like I said, I don't think that regardless of like appropriateness of content or whatever, even if it was appropriate for all age groups. 
I don't think that the way that the game plays and the way it gives you feedback and things like that, I don't think it, I don't think children would find it fun, which is interesting because video games as a as a medium are very new compared to like books and movies and stuff like that. Right. So, but humans only get so old. Right? right. And so it's not like we're really competing with the history of mankind. It's, well, it's it's people who are our age, essentially, and maybe a little older, you know, in the younger generation. But anyway, that's another topic. We do need to wrap up this show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Elden Ring do be good. It do be good. Definitely go pick it up. Um, it is one of those games where it is, I would definitely say 100% worth uh, paying full price. Don't wait for a sale. If you, I wish I had got the deluxe edition so I could have the soundtrack. Oh, it's, it's the whole, the whole game. Is, Cause that would be great for a D and D game for hey. roll 20. For a lot of these things, you can upgrade. Anyway, uh, um, you can't. I, I, I actually tried to look it up. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, man. Yeah, I couldn't find a way. If Womp you find a way, let me know. I will. Um, also, uh, any of you listeners, if you find a way, uh, <laughs> let him know. Um, anyway, if you would like to get in touch with us or interact with us, especially over on our private Discord, Head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point, like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, and join those wonderful people by supporting us at the uh, at any of the tiers that are there. If you support us at the highest tier, which is $20 a month, you will get to jump in on a game run by Mr. Adam Power. And it is a regularly occurring game. And it's awesome. You will have a ton of fun. Um, apart from that, you can head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com if you would like to visit our website. And in the upper right-hand corner, if you're on PC uh, or, well, any desktop, or if you're on mobile, uh, there will be three buttons in the upper center that will take you to our Patreon, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, so, all that stuff being said, Elden Ring is awesome. And if uh, if you have found yourself especially growing tired of how the open world genre of video games have been uh, progressing, and you're looking for something new or something, you're looking for a game that will treat you with respect and give you some good feedback. This game is a great example of, of mature sharing of the secret ingredient. This is a game that will love you back hard. <laughs> is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I, the, the, it's on the way. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. All right. So that's all we got for tonight. Go get your Elden Ring on. You will have 
a good time. And uh, please don't throw your controllers. They're ex- controllers are expensive. Don't break your stuff. Just have fun. And we love you all. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>